you'll see these products and services out there that are horribly done. And it's like, why are they so popular? Why is this so, why is this so, uh, why is it, why are they making so much money? Why are they growing so much? It's because they're the loudest voice in the room. They don't have, it's not necessarily that they have the best product, or the best service, they're simply the loudest voice in the room. And so you realize like, oh, I have a way better product. I have a way better service. Like I need to get a voice. You have such a, a positive outlook and I love that because, you know, especially on Twitter, like it feels, <laughs> You know. She hangs around with me and I'm not a positive person. Yeah, he's my representation of what goes on on Twitter. Do you feel like your mindset has contributed to your success? Oh my God. Okay. So I, I swear to you, mindset is the single biggest thing ever for me that made the most tremendous shift in my life. Put the bad stuff out. Put all the stuff out because the more the more you get out there, the more practice you're going to get, the more refined your voice is going to get, and your tone, and your you know your speaking ability, and you just you know just hit record. Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in the digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Super excited to have another conversations with creatives. Everyone we've done so far. Uh, maybe it's just our ability to book good guests. I don't. I don't know. But uh, we're we're very fortunate to have done that in the past, and we definitely have another one lined up. In our latest episode here, Tyler Narducci, the owner of Sobe Viral, a social media agency uh, based out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Huge expertise in strategic social advertising. Really brings it in this episode. His passion, his enthusiasm, his smarts. Uh, he's got the whole package, and we're. We're really, really lucky to have him. One of my favorite things about having these guests on are just getting to know interesting people and finding things to bond over. And I definitely experienced that in this episode. Tyler is a really cool guy and I feel like our audience is just going to love him. Yeah. So glad you're listening and, and tuning in. And uh, we hope you enjoy getting to meet Tyler in our conversation. So Steve likes to make fun of me because... I work for myself. He's like, you know, you don't have a job. And I know, Tyler, that we're in like similar situations in that we do have jobs. We have very important jobs in that ones that we run ourselves. So yeah. um, in reading a little bit about you and just a little bit that I do know about you, I think that we started off in a similar way working a nine to five before we went off on our own. Do you want to kind of give us a little bit more into that story? Yeah, for sure. So uh so I went to FIU uh, down here in Miami, and I think like a lot of millennials going to college, like in you know in the last ten years or so, when you're in there, it's so it's it's hard to like envision what you're gonna do after, right? And so you end up like if you look at the majors everyone chooses, like I ended up going into psychology because I like people and I like talking to people, and that's like okay, cool. But like the psychology was like the second biggest major at that university, tens of thousands of students, and like who's gonna actually become a psychiatrist? Like a fraction, like one to two percent. Like what does the rest of us do? You know, what does everybody else do? And like you don't really you're not really faced with that until after you graduate. And it's like 
you know so uh i had that like i graduated and i had like my my millennial quarter life crisis where i was like doing whatever i was a flight attendant for like four months that didn't pay the bills i um i worked at a bar on the side trying to make money and i was like you know i, I do know that i like business I do you know I like marketing and i do know that i'm better at social media than a lot of older people so let me go in and get in this way and i found a, a job um, down in South Florida for an, it was a sleep, a sleep aid company. So think five hour energy, but for sleep. So it was called dream water. It was like a little sleep shot. And I was there, uh, like the, the right hand of the marketing director there running social media and stuff like that. And that was kind of how I got my first like little taste in it. Um, and they, at the time they were hired, they had a, a full-time agency. They were paying 10 grand a month for this agency to post like puppy pictures on their <laughs> face i swear i swear like puppy pictures and and like sleeping kittens and stuff and like they weren't even like really running paid ads i swear they were like boosting a post every other day but here's the thing like businesses when you have older run businesses they have no idea what the agencies are actually doing you know at, at a higher level and so they they just knew they were bleeding money and they couldn't prove that they're making any so they were like taylor you know you're you're millennial why don't you just take this over and so i took it over and uh instantly you know just just from having someone like full-time get in there and like and start interacting on facebook and, and twitter and instagram and everything their numbers all started going up and so they let go of the the agency. They saved themselves to the ten grand. Had someone that cost way less than my salary at the time. Um, and I started finding my own value. It was kind of through that initial experience. I was like, wow, you know, I I just got swapped out for this big agency that cost all this money. And it's like I could do this. So mm -hmm. I started. That was like my first taste of like, what am I what am I doing here? Um, and so I started slowly taking on some side clients, growing my little side hustle, and just getting more experience, more experience, more experience until eventually, um, and this was in the next company that I worked for doing the same thing, an energy shot company, ironically. Um, <laughs> complete <laughs> other side of the spectrum, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Sleep shot, and then I went to energy shot. But the energy shot hired me because I had sleep shot. Like, the, it, it, it all works, you know? Now, is the is the dream, dream water, is is that the one that was, so, Vin, Vin, Vinny Porpelia, is that his company? That's, yeah, that's, so okay. when I said I was the right hand of the, that was, yeah, Vinny. I went to high school with him, Super graduated high school with him. world. Yeah, yeah. that's right. As soon as you said that, I went, I know that company. So yeah, go yeah. for it. Yeah, he's not with them anymore, okay. um, but, uh, but at the time, yeah, he was. And he was the one who hired me, actually. Yeah. He hired me for my very first marketing gig. Yeah, that's awesome. Small that's world, you're right. Yeah, but I eventually got to a point where I was like, you know, I, I can do this. So I started taking on side clients and I made a goal of just making, you know, I, I, I was scary leaving a full-time job for something on your own. And so I was like, you have to make at least twice your paycheck in client retainer fees, multiple client retainer fees. It's not one big, you know, can leave you and screwed kind of client. And I hit that goal and, um, I, I, uh, like, I guess I don't know what it propositioned my my and let that let let my boss know what I was doing with the intention of you're either going to take me on as a client or they're going to fire me. Yeah. And they fired me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pride, though. Pride gets in the way of that kind of stuff with older. always. Yeah. Always. Um, do you feel like there was, you know, so you talked about going going to to, to school with um, the psychology in mind. 
in the career path that you ended up in, though, I mean, psychology plays a big role in in what you do. So how, how have you leveraged that that background, that knowledge to kind of use it as a as a strength, basically, in your industry? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good question. Honestly, how I feel at this stage of my life, looking back um, all the way back to college, how I think those four years benefited me isn't in the textbook and the the test, the multiple, um, you know, multiple choice answers and stuff that I learned in the textbook. It was the social uh, aspect of college, the getting out there on your own, moving out of the house, getting, you know, learning how to thrive in the real world, so to say, mm-hmm. that was what helped me apply for jobs, you know, be articulate, you know, learn how to land on my feet, all that kind of stuff like that you don't get like when you're, you know, more sheltered. So I think just the social aspect of getting, you know, going out to college world helped me more than anything that I learned in the textbook kind of stuff. Gotcha. I want to talk about the moment when you realized that there were so many companies out there that were older and didn't really know what they were doing on social, because I feel like I struggle with this a lot. Like I'm in my little like Instagram, Twitter world where I'm following all of these experts, homegrown experts, really, because our industry is so new. And I think that I forget that so much of the world like has no clue how to do anything. None. So do you feel like that was uh, freeing for you or like or energizing? I feel like I still haven't really had that moment yet for myself. I, I still get swept up in in thinking that like everyone knows how to do this already. Yeah, no, see, and that's like a, that's like a trap. Like it, I, I, that's like a total uh, like entrepreneurial trap that we get caught in. I think I run a program now and I work with a lot of startup agencies that are trying to follow the similar path that I do. And so I, I, I talk to a lot of people and it's, it's common that they'll be like, Oh, you know, I really, I wanted to go into dental and I really want to niche into dental, but like, it's super saturated right now. Like everyone's doing it. Like, it's just, why would I do that? Cause everyone's doing it. And it's like, hold on. If you have a skill and you know that niche, then that's a really good path. Not everyone's doing it. Your bubble is doing it because social media it, today is an algorithm. It just feeds you the same stuff more and more and more. So the deeper we look at dental and marketing, the more dental marketing stuff we're going to see. And then all of a sudden our perception is everyone's doing it, right? When that's not the, that's not a, the case at all. Um, and so like, yeah, I think it's just like there's a ton of opportunity out there. There's a ton of businesses out there that – and I, I like, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm on the agency side, when I take sales calls and stuff, like every, almost every client that I take, they're in one of two places. They've either had a failed digital strategy with another agency, or they've never had an agency and they're, they'll tell you they're doing Facebook ads, but really they're just boosting posts and they have no idea what they're doing and they have no idea what's possible. They don't know what a pixel is. They don't know how to retarget. They don't know any of that. And so when you tell them this kind of stuff, you're like blowing their mind and, and it's, yeah, it's a freeing, it's empowering because it's like, you know, there's a ton of value that you can provide if you, if you know your way around social. You dropped the M word before. So you're a millennial and do you, have you ever felt like you had to prove yourself? Because I know that there are a lot of people out there who say like, you know, millennials think that they can just show up because they use social media and run all of these social platforms. Were you ever up against that or were people pretty accepting of you? 
Um, so, you know, I, I haven't run into too, too much of that. I think where I experienced the most of that was like in the full-time positions that I mm. held, like, you know, one of my favorite memes ever. And like, I didn't actually watch game of Thrones, but there's this meme out there from this last season with the blonde girl. And she's, she's looking down at the camera and she's like, mm. like, it's like, <laughs> a, it, it's like, Oh, that's cute. And, uh, what is it? Matt Navarra. He uh, tweets a lot about social media. He, it was, he posted that meme and it was like, when people ask, what do you, where do you work? And I say, I work in social media. And then it shows that it shows her like, Hmm, that's so cute. That's where I've experienced it. Like in my full-time jobs, like they'll, they hire it. Cause like, we know we need it, but they have no idea how important it is. So like in the older generations and companies, they will look at it like, like, yeah, that's cute. But you know, traditional marketing paid, uh, or like, uh, print ads and stuff like that. But as soon as like they catch a whiff of like the power of it, they're like, oh, wait, what? What? <laughs> like you can retarget what? And like then you get them interested. But yeah, that's probably where I've experienced most of it. We have a, a large percentage of our audience that are small business owners. So social media and and connecting and engaging with audiences to help further um, their product line and what they're pushing or services that they have. It's a it's a huge component of what they do and how they how they kind of grow that. Um, Talk a little bit about what it's like to be in that that entrepreneurial role and have an industry that you have to be on top of, but you also know that you need to sort of put yourself out there. And it might not necessarily be the most comfortable thing for someone to do. Yeah. So I, like you're talking about like be, positioning yourself as yeah. as the expert and like brand. Yeah. So I'll be, so it's funny. I kind of went through a little bit of a transformation uh, on that because I've never been someone to want to be the face. I've never been someone to like want to, you know, like now I have my own podcast and like I, you know, I, I have a group and I'm constantly doing lives and all that kind of stuff. But when I started the agency side, like I would do anything and everything that I could to get clients, but stay unnoticed. And like at a certain point you realize like those don't go hand in hand. Like you're not going to grow in the shadows. Like the the person who's going to win at the end of the day is the person who gets the FaceTime and commands the attention. And you realize that as you grow as a business owner, because you realize that like you'll see these products and services out there that are horribly done. And it's like, why are they so popular? Why is this so, why is this so, uh, why is it, why are they making so much money? Why are they growing so much? It's because they're the loudest voice in the room. They don't have, it's not necessarily that they have the best product or the best service. They're just simply the loudest voice in the room. And so you realize like, oh, I have a way better product. I have a way better service. Like I need to get a voice. I yeah. need to start getting out there. And it took me a few years before I like realized that, you know, and now like one of the things that I'm, I can't like when I'm working with my agency owners, one of the things I'm constantly telling them is like, you know, there's you know paid ads to get clients for agency, but also like become, become the expert. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, on my podcast, I'm ha I have on Alyssa Eggy tomorrow. Um, and she, she has her own digital agency dental, uh, she, her niche is dentists and she does marketing for them. And she has grown a big group on Facebook marketing for dentists. And all these dentists have, have now gone, added themselves into her Facebook group and they're waiting for her next live for her next training for free tips and tricks. And she's mining that thing like crazy, getting clients out of it. But yeah. because she's the face and she's out there and she's training, whereas an agency owner who's dying in the shadows, they're not, they're gonna get miss out on all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a there's a lot of missed opportunity when you you can't grow 
hiding essentially. So finding that voice, um, yeah. it, it sometimes that can be difficult for people, and and obviously yeah. taking the step to get out of the shadows is 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 the first step. Um, but developing consistency in voice and tone, um, that can kind of take some time. Um, yeah. How have you kind of dealt and navigated that in your career, helping industries and helping your clients? Yeah, so I, I think my biggest piece of advice on that is just hit record. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be errors. You're human. And what I've kind of learned to do is just embrace, embrace the ums, embrace the stutters. Like it's okay because like with the audiences that I've worked with, like the more human you are, the, the better we we kind of go into these things. Like, oh, I don't want to publish this until it looks perfect. Or I don't want to, I don't want to do anything unless, you know, I really have my lines down or anything like that. And it's just like, if you go at, go at it like that, you're never going to get anything out. You're never going to publish anything. You're never going to get a video out. And so it's like, put the bad stuff out, put all the stuff out because the more, the more you get out there, the more practice you're going to get, the more refined your voice is going to get and your tone and your, you know, your speaking ability. And you're just, you know, just hit record. Like I, I tell them, like when we work at funnels, we try to get a VSL on them and it's a simple like slideshow with people talking over it. Super simple. But a lot of people are just scared to even do that. Yeah. That they, they, they re-record it like 10 million times and it's like, it's not even about that. Just yeah. get it out. Just hit record. How do you balance trying to grow your personal brands with your clients' brands? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Give right. me some good advice here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it all comes down, I guess that all comes down to just like time management. Right. Mm. And I, honestly, like the for me personally, the key to that is my team is leveraging a team of people. I think a huge transformation for me in my career on the agency side was like, like a lot of startup marketing agencies is we try to do this all of ourselves, all ourselves. I'm going to go in this. I'm going to be the Facebook ads guy. I'm going to be the Google ads guy. I'm going to be my salesperson. I'm going to be my lead gen person, my campaign strategist. You try to do this like one man band kind of thing, right? And when you're doing the one man band kind of thing, you can be successful, but there's a limit on it. There's a cap, right? And at that cap, you have to decide how much is how much my energy and effort is going to go into my videos, my personal branding, my stuff. How much of it am I going to give my clients? And when you start divvying it up and you have multiple clients, the percentages get really, really small, <laughs> really, really small and sacrifices even made. So how I can kind of overcame that was getting just like a rock star team of contractors that I trust, know, and love to uh, to handle my clients so that I can focus more on what I love, which is my brand. And how did you find your people? How did I find my people? So there's a, a, a few different ways to find your people. My The way I found my people uh, was uh, the way I teach a lot of my, my agency owners to find theirs, and it's on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is like the place for skilled entrepreneurs i swear they're everywhere and the even the better the best part about it is they congregate in groups there's literally groups like like my favorite group uh, is the facebook ad buyers group it's literally a thousands of facebook ad buyers out there just waiting for a job like it's amazing it's a huge resource pool there's also google ad buyers groups and there's youtube uh, video experts there's like huge groups. And in my opinion, and when I've gone out looking for to expand my team, 
I have found way better success finding skilled entrepreneurs and skilled team members in Facebook groups than I have like with a zip recruiter or an Indeed or anything like that. Like way better results. That's really insightful. That's not a place that I would have thought to look. And I think a lot of people listening to this might be encouraged to join some of those groups if they're looking to get hired as, yeah. as consultants. Oh my God. Yeah. Or, it's, you know. it's brilliant. It's for brilliant for both sides to get hired and, uh, and to, to hire really. And then you, I mean, if you go in there, my only advice is like, if you're looking to hire and you go in and you go in there, go in there with a game plan, mm. because when you say that you're hiring, you're going to get applicants <laughs> really quick, really fast. And you need to know what to do with them. You need to have some kind of process that to, how are you going to, how are you going to see what their skills are? Right. And so have that in place first, because it, it's a quick return in those types of places. Have you ever like approached anyone specific or have you always just kind of like put the call out and then reviewed applicants? So one of my uh, favorite things, favorite softwares in the whole wide world is ClickFunnels. And what one of the things I use ClickFunnels for is I, I have a contractor funnel, I call it. And the contractor funnel, it's a part of the Done For You Agency program. And it's how it's the first step in getting your contractors and building out your team that I teach them. Essentially, contractor funnel is just a simple two-page funnel. Page one is an application, like a built-in form that they fill out, name, you know, address, name, website, um, number. And then the second part is like a little test. So simple, but hard enough questions to weed out someone who doesn't know Facebook ads. Like what is CPM? You know, what, uh, what's a good click through rate? What's, uh, you know, if, uh, what is a good cost per click that you want to aim for on a nationwide campaign, things like that to kind of weed out like someone who doesn't know anything about Facebook ads. And then once they kind of pass that initial test and they give you their information, they're put through to a second page, which is a booking form and it books them in for an interview. That's amazing. And it's that easy. Yeah. And so you publish that, they apply, they book in, and you have interviews waiting for you in your schedule with a qualified form before it. Really cool. Yeah. So well, I, can see the, I, can see the wheels, <laughs> uh, I can see the wheels turning in Michelle's head. And I, I think that's kind of like the unique part about this, this, uh, this path that social's on, right? Because, you know, we've gone over the last roughly decade or so, probably less than that, but we've gone from this like ultra wide space where everybody kind of shared it to now we're starting to kind of, you know, to your, to use your line, congregate in these groups and, and be around like-minded people or be around people with the same passions or interests. And it's incredible that it actually leads to job opportunities. And it's not just talking about shared, shared stories, but it's actually providing people opportunities that they might not have had an opportunity, you know, they might not have been afforded uh, before this. Yeah. 1000%. I mean, it's like social has changed so much even since, so I started Sobe Viral, my agency in 2014. Um, and just since then in five years, like it's changed so dramatically. And I mean, from like 2016 uh, to 2018, it was kind of in a heading in a place where I was a little bit fear, like Facebook specifically, that I was a little bit fearful. Like it, like it, we went from a, a place that was very like content heavy. Like they used to say content is king and, and all that kind of stuff. 
And then it kind of became, well, actually paid ad strategies king because you could post something and it's going to get 1% reach now. Yeah. Congratulations. Like <laughs> even if it's amazing content, like it's going 1%. Well, that's, that's like, the part where everybody talks about how like, you know, get on social media. It's free. It's not free. I mean, not no, if you need not it anymore. To, yeah, right. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. And so it like you're you're even if you're an incredible content producer, like you could have the most amazing content for your niche ever. No one's going to see it unless you have some type of strategy to break past those paywalls. That's now social media, like that's now Facebook and and Instagram. Right. So but the what's kind of been the saving grace and made me feel a lot better about where we're heading in social recently in like the last year or so is Facebook is heavily prioritizing groups now they see what's happening in, in these free groups, like all of the benefit, like, you know, the, what I talked about before, Alyssa and her agency and how she's growing, you know, dent, uh, digital marketing for dentists and getting clients out of it. She's not just, yes, she's winning because she's getting clients out of it, but they're all, even the people that don't become our clients, they're winning too, because they're in there getting free education on how to market their business. And everyone in that group is winning, whether they're exchanging money and, and benefiting that way, or they're just getting free value, which didn't exist really before. We weren't congregating in these free value like spaces, and now we are. And so that kind of makes me feel much better because Facebook realizes that they're promoting groups more, and there's just a lot of you know a lot of free education out there that that we really didn't have access to even just a few years ago. Yeah, the reversal of of or the arc of kind of where we've come from, and. Um maybe what it was like when we were growing up where like you had, you know, AOL instant messenger and it was one-on-one -on -one or one in a group chat. And then that sort of went away and now it's starting to come back. It's like, they were kind of ahead of the game for, you know, they might not have realized it, but they were really ahead of their time there for a while. Yeah. It, well, it's kind of like cell phones, right? Like they started off really big, then they got really tiny and then they kind of got big. Again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now yeah. I'm walking around with like an iPad. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like they they're kind of expanding and contracting, but I think I think like I said, the latest turn is in a good or in in a better place than than we thought it was going. I think it's yeah. going to be okay. <laughs> you have such a a positive outlook, and I love that because you know, especially on Twitter, like it feels. <laughs> Because she hangs around with me and I'm not a positive person. Yeah, he's sense. my representation of what goes on on Twitter. There, I feel like there's like so much negativity. And I know that like you're on Twitter too. That's like we're Twitter yeah. friends. Yeah. But I feel like your tweets are always so positive. Do you feel like your mindset has contributed to your success? Oh, my God. Okay. So... I need to decide like how woo-woo I would want to get oh, with you guys. Oh, go for I'm it. Even... I, am, I am like far on the spectrum. Steve is at oh, the other okay. end. So we might cool. have to like yeah. convince like, him. You but... say certain things to some people with like the whole mindset thing. And like, I swear to you, they look like you're going to get that meme again. That, mm, <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. I swear. Like, like you tell somebody to meditate and they're like, okay. Like I honestly, so I, I swear to you, mindset is the single biggest thing ever for me that made the most tremendous shift in my life. So I told you before about how I was working for full time, and then I and I eventually, uh, you know, made made my goal of making twice my income and was able to leave my job confidently. I've never looked back since. But the thing that like put me on this path of like I can do this and like I actually can make twice as much and I actually can continue and grow was and 
So it's very cliche how it actually started, but I did see the secret back in like 2000 mm. and uh, like 14, 15. Like the entry and I was point. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was my, that was like my, like, uh, and my entry point. Yeah. For, for mindset. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Let me do some more research. And so I, I started back in 2015, like just, I was like, I'm going to go full. Like, I don't like to have to do anything. Like I, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to do it. And so I started meditating Monday through Friday, gave myself the weekends off. And, uh, I would have like, I, I would just start, I would do some like guided ones. So I'd find different, again, Facebook groups, of people that meditate and do guided ones and like would put you uh, and would put you like in a good state. Um, because I couldn't do just like the sitting in silence, staring at the wall, like, Oh my God, I can't do that. But I could listen to someone guide like guide me into meditations. And after I started doing that and I really started visualizing my goals and really going through more of a morning mindset routine, like things dramatically shifted and things I would start setting my goals, setting my intentions every single day for the week for the day. I mean, Every single day I wake up and I have a goal for the day, whether it, you know, and, and the key for me is achievable goal, right? So I don't wake up and go, I'm going to make a million dollars today because I know that's not, re- not, not going to happen. And I won't feel the truth of that. But if I wake up and I say, I'm going to get two awesome leads today and I'm going to close another deal. Like I can believe that, like it's, it's up there, but I can believe that. And if I believe that, then my actions start to lead toward that manifestation. And when I started doing that, I was, you know, <laughs> trying my best. Now I feel like I've got to a place where I, I'm pretty, pretty good at it. And it, and when you start, you know, following a, a mindset routine and seeing things that you really put out there as an intention manifest into reality, it's like, it's like going to the gym, working out and seeing the results, the results encourage you to do more of the working out. So it's like more mindset. Okay. Results, more mindset results, more mindset. And it's just been growing ever since now. I'm like a mindset freak. Yeah. And it really isn't woo 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 when you think about it. Like, you know, I kind of practice a lot of the same things that you do, but I'm also, I consider myself to be like a very practical person. So like the, I didn't read the secret until after I was like all the way in, I'm like, this thing is like a cult or whatever, but it's not like, (laughs) Yeah. It's not magic. It, it just, it makes sense. It's, I realized that unless I was confident in what I was doing, then I was always going to be slow, you know, like yeah. I would like go to write an email and I feel this like resistance. And, and now I question like, why do I feel this way? And instead of saying like blaming something else, I say, you know, maybe like, you don't feel confident about this for some reason. And I work on myself instead. And that kind yeah. of fixes the problem. Yeah. I mean, so like on the, I guess like the whole, the whole mindset and the whole like law of attraction thing, it has like, there's like two ends of the spectrum. There's the whole, if you put it out there and believe it, you can, it can manifest period. It's the universe. And then there's the, if you, if you believe it and you put it out there, it will lead to you doing actions that will then help that come about. And both of them end the same thing. One's a more practical view of it. One's a more woo-woo view of it. But either way, they both kind of result in you believing, intending, and then achieving goals. And we all want that at the end of the day, right? So- yeah, and I feel like it's just, <laughs> it's just a happier way to live. Like, I am happier when I act that way. And I always kind of go into it saying like, all right, if this doesn't work, like who cares? Like I feel better. 100%. Yeah. Like 1000%. I, you know, it is so tempting to wake up in the morning 
and to just like dive into your day and to just dive into the minutia of all of the things that we have to do every single day, especially as uh, an entrepreneur, someone that works for yourself and you don't have any place to be necessarily. <laughs> it's really uh, easy to do that. But like the one thing that I, I try my hardest to do is like, you know, when I, when I wake up, like do your morning routine, get that through. And then I feel so much better. Like I feel so much lighter going into the day and, and, and it's great. And I like, honestly, like pulling the, pulling the camera lens back, like I've seen so many massive transformations happen in my life that I like intended and wanted to happen, but I didn't know how they were going to happen if they ended up happening in some way, shape or form. And so it's like, was that the universe? Was that your action? Who knows? You know, but either way, it's like, I'm a huge believer in mindset. I love that. What you just said, I, I try to kind of live by the, the theory or thought that like, be really solid about what you want, but be really flexible about how it shows up for you. Cause it, you know, it's not always like the way that we think that it's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you said, uh, no, be really solid about what you want, because I'll tell you, like when I work with members of my program, and I ask them, it's like, okay, well, what do you want with your agency? Where, where are you going? What do you want for this? And they like, it's shocking the amount of people that don't know. They're or, like, they're afraid to say it, I think is. Yeah. Is, yeah. Like they're right here, but they have no, like you, if you're never going to achieve a goal, if you don't have one, <laughs> like it's so important. And, but people, they don't realize that, you know, that you can do more than what you're doing right now. Like get a goal and, and, and drill it, you know. It down. Well, yeah. And the way of overcoming that fear, right, is just is is doing things in bite sizes. It's not necessarily shooting for the moon or making that million dollars, like which is unrealistic. It's taking those steps along the yeah. way to prove to yourself, hey, I can do this. Yeah. One thousand percent. You know, I actually I did a whole like <laughs> half of my live streams in my group are like rants. I swear <laughs> to you, I'll wake up and I'm like, you know what? Let me just say this, I swear. Or I'll hear something on a podcast and I'm like, you know what? I need to let everybody know about this. And like, I go on and like, and that's how I just get all this content out. Like just, just hit record, I swear. Um, but what you said totally resonates with me because uh, you said it has to be realistic. Uh, re recently, you know, obviously you guys have heard of Grant Cardone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So his whole thing is like 10x, 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 10x. And like everyone's oh, 10x. And like the concept behind that is like, if you do 10 times the effort that you think you need to do, you'll always achieve your goal. Easy as that. And I got all behind that. I was like, oh yeah, 10x, 10x, 10x. Oh my God. It's like begging to burn out. Like it has to be, like you said, achievable bite size. So like, how about instead of 10, like we look at two and then when we get to two, we celebrate because we got to two yeah. instead of getting to two and being upset that we didn't get 10. Yeah. But, how much, uh, how much though does that like, has that infiltrated this, um, this entrepreneurial mindset? Like Michelle and I are, are, are both fans of, of Gary V, but it's, me too. it's, but it's a, there's a, um, it's not like we're diving in. I'm not going to speak for Michelle. I'll speak for myself, but like, I'm not diving into it 100%. Like I'm, I'm probably like 85% in Gary V's I think corner, you're more than me at this point. Really? I, okay. I used to be like, farther in, but like I can get really, you know, you know, whether it's um, something off the Ask Gary Vee show or something off his podcast, I can take something away from it that uh, that resonates with me, that that motivates me, that clarifies something for me in my head that I've been kind of kicking around for a while. But one of the drawbacks is the 
go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle at all costs. And, and, uh, to some extent, I shouldn't say that he, he says that, but that's his, 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 the mentality that exists. And I feel like that has sort of worn a lot of people in the entrepreneurial field down and it causes that burnout that, that exists. And when that's held up as the gold standard versus frankly, a lot of the stuff that we're discussing here today, um, I think it's a dangerous proposition um, when you're really trying to focus in on on the bottom line and not a reasonable approach to this process. Um, you're 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 setting yourself up for failure. One thousand percent. You said you said like typically I can find something that I resonate with with Gary. V. He's like the psychic of entrepreneurs. Like yeah. you can go get a, a, a Gary V. Reading and all of us can pull something <laughs> out of it. Like he spoke to my soul. <laughs> oh my God. How did he know? Like I, I, it's so, it's so general. It's so like big picture that it captures a lot of people that, that have that, like that spark in them that they want to do something creative and that they want to be more than what they are now. And like, it, it's a cat, he casts a huge net, but as soon as you get past that net, there's zero tactical advice. Like there's no actual real world. Like, what do I do now, Gary Vee? And that's why so many people just end up banging their heads against the wall and hustling until they die. And right. And it's like what I've learned, over the course of you know the, the last few years and growing my business is like it's not about how hard you work. Like I've heard, I saw a few Gary like I, I I agree with a ton of Gary what Gary B says like you said because it's he casts a really big net. But every now and then I'll see a video where I'm like eh, not so much because it seems like um like he'll say things like if you're not if you're if you're watching more than two hours of, of TV or playing video games each day, then you're never going to get anywhere because you could be using that for all this. And like, yeah. and it's just like, like when you do, when you go at it like that and you don't even actually have tactical a, a actual plan of attack, like you are just going to end up working harder, not smarter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take hard work. It takes smart work, like yeah. knowing what you're doing and, and, and actual tactical advice. What magazine was, Michelle, do you remember the magazine he was profiled in maybe two years ago? There was that big spread. What, mm -hmm. what was it? I entrepreneur, think it was entrepreneur maybe? Or, yeah. Okay. So like there was a huge spread and there was like this huge buildup that he was putting out that he was going to be on the cover and this, that, and the other thing. And the article hit and I remember reading it and Michelle read it and like it profiled like, you know, his, his, his company and, and, and what it's like to work at, at, at VaynerMedia and all this other stuff. And like Michelle texts me and she was like, doesn't it sound awful to work there? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like that's yeah, so really terrible. <laughs> Everyone just like hustle till you die. Like if you're, yeah, if, if you're not sweating, then you're doing it wrong. Like yeah. I would not last a day. Right. It's like not my speed at all. And like, he would be so mad at me for the amount of TV that I watch. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, like also right after I love Lucy, Gary, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, I was at the gym the other day and I was, I was going through Twitter and Gary V he posted a picture. It's a black blurry picture of his leg. And he goes, see, it's content. That's how easy it is. Do it. <laughs> I literally, I lost it. I swear to God. It was like two weeks ago. He posted a blurry picture of his leg in the backseat of a taxi cab and it got like 400 weeks. Of course it did. Right? Yeah. And I'm thinking like, Hey, Gary, I wonder how popular my blurry leg is going to be. Right. Yeah. Let, let, the best part was a bunch of people started taking pictures of their legs yeah. and, 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 and replying to his tweet like, Gary V, respect the hustle. Yeah. 
Yeah, I needed to see this today. You know, there's always that one person <sighs> I needed this. You needed Gary V's leg, really? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like I don't know. Don't go. Don't give it everything that you have unless it's something worth giving all that to. You know, if you like, that's why you know I'm a huge believer in pro, like online courses and stuff. I've taken myself like two of them. Um, I've spent and like my very first one. I spent way more money than I had to do it. And I, it was a really scary big leap, but like I did it and it gave me actual tactical real world stuff that I couldn't have gotten in any university. Even today, there is no program on how to do what I do uh, or, or what I've done since then, none of it, just these like bigger degree programs. And so it's just like right now, like if you want to grow fast in online in an online like creative business, uh, you need to get uh, you need to get education by people that are already in that space doing well in it. There's not form formal programs for them yet. So you know, getting that tactical advice and then getting that spirit mm. over there, the Gary V videos. You need yeah. both. You can't have you know just the the, the Gary V videos. Yeah, completely agree with that. Do we want to get into the profile? Yeah. Um, so we have a, a kind of a segment when we have uh, episodes when we have guests on where we um, we got about seven or eight questions that we kind of just uh, rapid fire go through trying to get your your, your take on it. So um, okay. I'm going to kick it off. Uh, whatever comes to mind or obviously if you have a more thoughtful answer, that's fine, too. But um, okay. so favorite social platform. Facebook. OK. Um, book that you've read recently that you couldn't put down. Uh, and no shame if you don't read. I so like do not read often. And if I do read, I, I listen to it. So I've read, I read, um, well, I read the whole, uh, the whole series. What's the, what's the series where they're kids and the maze runner. I read the whole This was off to a promising series. start for a second. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't like, that was maybe like a year ago. And since then, I've listened, since then I listened to like, I, I listened to a ton of entrepreneurial podcasts and like entrepreneurial stuff, but all audio. Like I'm not a big sit and read a book kind of person. All right. So offshoot of that, not yours, not ours, but uh, favorite podcast that you consume. Um, so I, oh my God, there's a lot of them. Um, but I, EO fire, you have to give him so much credit. Like he puts a lot, he puts out so much stuff. I did go on a rant on one of his episodes the other day, but overall <laughs> amazing, amazing, uh, podcast overall. Um, what keeps you up at night? Um, what <laughs> loaded question with his I, backgrounds in sleep aids and energy <laughs> products. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. What keeps me up at night? Probably ca caffeine. Um, no, what keeps me up at night? Anxiety. I think like many millennials, we I think a lot of millennials are have anxiety uh, issues. A lot of my friends do at least that I, I don't feel very alone in that. But yeah, I definitely have struggled with anxiety and that will that will dig into your sleep for sure. Yeah. Do you do anything to read other than that like, i'm sure the, med the meditation <laughs> helps with that but any yeah. any tips for your fellow millennials um yeah the mindset stuff again like on the like outside of medication like the holistic stuff like you know when you start like i i didn't um start getting into like serious anxiety stuff until the last three years and it's crazy because like if you look at my businesses and stuff on paper, like on paper, 
I should be so happy and carefree. Oh my God, it's going amazing on paper, but it's not how the real world works. You know, mm-hmm. like more, you know, more stuff, the more, the bigger everything gets, the more stress um, comes into play, the more clients, the more anxiety. So I think it's, it's common for, you know, people in the entrepreneurial space and out there to, to deal with that and something I've dealt with recently. So I would just say double down on the mindset, clear your head because it can get overwhelming for sure. Great answer. Um, what do you wish that you were better at? Uh, uh, I will say that uh, you can never get, you, you can always get better. I'm sorry. You can always get better at sales. I think that if there's one skill out there that every entrepreneurial, every entrepreneur should know and, and work on and get better at is sales. Because if you can sell, you can, you can grow business really quickly. You know, it, it's selling is literally the key to the world. So I would love to get better uh, at, at being able to sell myself and my own products. Agree with you yeah. <laughs> for myself too. Um, yeah. The best piece of advice that you have received? Um, you know, I think, I think the best piece of advice that I have received is uh, – that we're all like, we're all, everyone's just winging it. Mm. Um, everyone is that like that, that sentence, everyone is just winging it. I think we oftentimes get caught up and think that like, these are, these people are just doing it right. Or these people are experts and everything. It's like, when you realize when you grow up and you get out in the real world, you realize that they're just guessing on everything too. Like we're all just guessing. And when you realize that it kind of takes the pressure off of you and your own performance and you can, you stop comparing yourselves to others. So, so much. I really needed to hear that today. (laughs) Um, who, who is uh, a person who you would like to trade places with for a day? Oh, um, I don't know. Um, probably, I don't know. Why is this so hard? I can't, I can't think of one <laughs> either for myself. That, that this is a hard question. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, if I could trade places with someone, it would probably be, honestly, it would be me in the future. So I could get a glimpse of what is to come and then see what's going on and then come back and then maybe I could fix the path a little bit or make it even better. I don't know. But I, I, I want to like, shortcut that answer and just say myself, but just in a different time period. We'll accept that. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and our last question is, how do you define success? Um, in two parts, time and happiness. Uh, because a lot of people define success as money. But when you think about it, we all just want money so we can buy back our time. So you don't need the money if you have the time already. Um, and then the happiness, right? So uh, there are things you can buy to make you happier. So money does come into mm-hmm. it at a certain point. But, uh, but you know, if, you're, if you have the time for the things that you love and you're happy, you're already winning, right? Adding a ton of more money and problems in there. It, it may actually decrease uh, to those things. So if you have the time for the things that you love and you're happy, I think that's success. 
Um, before we uh, let you go, you have a podcast. Um, yeah. What and where and, and how can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on any of your favorite podcasting uh, apps, really. Um, it's on uh, Spotify and Apple um, as well. It's called Facebook Ads Agency Builders. And essentially, um, there's uh, myself and then other agency owners talking about how to grow your agency and different uh, tactics on getting leads and growing your team and selling your digital marketing packages. Facebook Ads Agency Builders. There's also a Facebook group. That's where all the content comes from. It's but onto the podcast. And we'll link, we will link up to everything in the show notes, along with all the things that we referenced in this episode. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for doing this and, and joining us and, and coming on. We've we really had a blast getting to meet you and, and getting the feed off of your, your energy. I think you've inspired both of us. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at pod for creatives and let us know which stood out to you. It's totally safe, but I feel like I'm like a little on edge. I noticed a bunch of bees were like flying around this one area of our house. So I'm like, okay, like there's a nest obviously or something like that. Went into the basement and I kind of looked around and I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. So I'm like, okay, it must've just been localized outside. There must be a nest underneath the siding somewhere. I'll go out tomorrow morning and I'll spray and you know, that'll be fine. You had spray so I, stuff on hand? Like raid, you okay. know, like, like, you know, what wasp and hornet killer or whatever the hell it is. So I went out and I sprayed and they all come like flying out and I'm like, all right, well that, that did it. Right. So then I go into the basement like an hour later to go down and get something. And there's like 12 or 15 bees just like flying around in the basement on the ground, dying and walking on the floors. And I'm like, oh boy, what the f did I do? So anyhow, long story short, um, they came out this morning to, um, like rid the situation of, of the bees and, um, they had to spray and do something like in the basement and then they were like um you know basically like we just asked that you stay out of there for like two hours and then you can go back down i'm like okay because i gotta be down there tonight for something i'm like that should be fine she goes yeah as long as the floor is like not wet she's like you're you're fine um so like i'm down here <laughs> so you're putting your life at risk yeah so uh, like everything smells fine like nothing like i don't smell any like weird odors or anything but like if you see me like Keel yeah, over yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Let I'm us know if off. you're. I'm, drink, I'm drinking seltzer and not water. Like I'm. This is. I feel, it's not normal. I feel like I feel like Dwight <laughs> when they ask him to wear long sleeves and he's like. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what? If we don't hit all four talking points, I don't care. Let's just see where it goes. But I think we kind of have to start the direction and then go from there. <laughs> that like you know we're concerned about you breathing in the fumes but like what if there's like a bee colony that they didn't get and they like <laughs> they found out that all their friends died and instead there's like a bee attack that happens in the middle they're of coming this. after me yeah. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be like it's gonna be like that movie my girl Maybe you ever watch my girl where, where what's her face i haven't seen it but i know the the uh, beat so. premise horrible yes